gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Oh, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am your co-host and America's favorite Griffin Dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I'm Jesse Blount, your other co-host and Griffin Dyke extraordinaire. And we're going to be uh, talking about chapters four and five of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, uh, The Keeper and the Keys, and Diagon Alley, for those who are following along at home, which you should be, because it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. So much happens in both of these chapters, by the So way. much happens. We, we thought we were going to do three chapters again, and then I got to, like, my seventh page of notes for two of the chapters and was like we can't possibly do more than this this can't be a three hour long recording all right so let's dive into this here newspaper starting with today's headlines area boy mysteriously grows a pig's tail claims he was cursed by a giant (laughs) and local boy kidnapped returns home claiming to have been taken to a secret other world so That's where we are for this week. And now we turn the page to the front page, entering chapter four, in which Harry meets Hagrid and learns that he is a wizard and the truth about how his parents died. Is that a good enough synopsis? That's what I would say if this was IMDb. So that is actually a pretty good synopsis of what happened in this chapter. By popular demand, we will be offering a brief synopsis but you're not getting more than imdb would give you so (laughs) i feel like we're just giving people the like twitter version summary like if you were to read a series of tweets that was just the synopsis of these chapters so another reason why you should be reading along with us so then it'll be fresh in your memory about what we're talking about yeah and also reading two chapters takes like five minutes of your life yeah i'm exaggerating a bit but uh (laughs) you know it you can do it while you have your morning poop let's be real yeah if you're not taking copious notes like we are (laughs) it'll probably right it would take you about as long as it would to be angry about your family on facebook or something and probably (laughs) much more rewarding is to read harry potter and to not look at your racist uncle's facebook post oh my god Yes, that is how you are going to get through this holiday season. <laughs> Just uh, take a copy of uh, Sorcerer's Stone and regale your family with Harry Potter trivia if they start saying anything that you don't want to talk about or agree with. Speaking of racist uncles, <laughs> let's talk about Harry Potter Chapter 4. <laughs> Yeah, so the front page is just where we like talk about all of the things from these chapters that don't belong in other chapters. So my first my first thing is that the first line of this chapter uses the singular they. So since we're here for queer content, I just want to point out to anybody who thinks that using the singular they is hard, that when Harry says, boom, they knocked again, he means one human knocked. 
he doesn't mean there's more than one person knocking. They knocked again, and we all read that as a person knocked again. And that, children, is how you use the singular they. I mean, oh, um, yes, very true. Also, if you don't like the singular they, go fuck yourself. Is sort of <laughs> my opinion. Yeah. Get out of this podcast. You're not welcome here. <laughs> Uh, I got a lot. I don't know. I could talk for 20 years. We can trade off. I don't know how we should. Yeah, I, have, I also have a list of some random things. Um, I also, I think my first note is, where did, where did where did Hagrid get this birthday cake? Do you think he baked it himself? No, because it's good. That's fair. Hagrid only knows how to bake rock cakes, which I assume just means that Hagrid is like us and has ADHD and cannot remember to take his cake out of the oven in time. <laughs> he just like all of his cakes are shriveled up because he accidentally baked all the moisture out. Although I think you're very good at remembering to take baked goods out. I, on the other hand, am very good at lighting food on fire and having to rush it out of my house to try and not set off the fire alarm and upset my dogs. I guess I always assume that they were scones, which I feel like a lot of scones are very dry and like not super good. So yeah, no, Hagrid definitely didn't bake the cake. If we're talking about things that Hagrid has in his coat pockets, though, he has a live owl (laughs) in his coat pocket, which makes me so upset. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And then he also has dormice in his coat pocket, which I can only assume are to feed to his live owl in his coat pocket. And everything about that entire scenario makes me so upset. I didn't even ever occur to me to assume those mice were food for the owl. That is actually a little upsetting. It's so upsetting. I actually was trying to figure out, do you think... Do you think that his coat has magical pockets or that because Hagrid is just so large, he just literally has like 30 pockets of various sizes in his regular coat? That one. Harry says the coat seems to be made of nothing but pockets, so. I feel this. I feel like that's a coat that a certain kind of like Midwestern butch dyke would really be into, which is just nothing but pockets. Uh-huh. And I feel like it maybe also a little bit appeals to me because I'm just like, more pockets. <laughs> Just more pockets everywhere. Pockets are great. Don't put owls in them. Yeah, I would actually I would actually literally never do that. Unless it's like your pet rat that is enjoying being in your pocket. I actually have a whole thing for a politics section about the at least the treatment of I mean actually I guess for the next chapter for like chapter six, but the treatment of animals in these in this in this book is a little bit upsetting. Yeah. That's the other thing with the owl in his pocket is that why is everyone in Harry Potter always like carrying owls around with them when owls are apparently like the smartest, fastest creatures that have ever existed in the entire world? And you could just be like, please meet me at the hut on the rock. I'm going to need to send a letter to Dumbledore instead of get in my pocket. Don't put the owl in your pocket. Don't put owls in a cage ever. Just be like, I'll meet you at this address or don't just be like, find me because you don't even have to give them an address. So just be like, goodbye. I'll see you where I'm going. You know where I'm going because you're like some sort of psychic tracking device yeah i actually was wondering about that i have a note i'm like why are the owls always in cages that's the only animal that shouldn't be in a cage and all the (laughs) other like toads and rats are just like 
off on their very own they should be in the container <laughs> what the fuck like it doesn't is make there... any sense i'm like the wizarding world needs like aspca or like some kind of like educational <laughs> program to be like put your toad in a tank or a glass bowl or literally welcome anything. to the gaily prophet a podcast <laughs> where we talk about public services that the wizarding world lacks and how upset we are about it <laughs> um actually i actually have a note about both hagrid's title and the child the title of this chapter which is if hagrid is the keeper of the keys like realistically how many keys does hogwarts have slash need if you can just use your wand to unlock doors and i mean i'm assuming there's some because like i think uh filch has keys also but like shouldn't hagrid have like five keys and like a whole ring of them it's a little bit bewildering i think that hagrid gave himself that title and that those (laughs) keys don't do anything That makes more sense and actually does really fit to Hagrid's personality. Yeah, he just really likes to feel like special and important. And I feel like he just like he wanted something really fancy to say when he picked up Harry. And so he just was like, keys, keys unlock things and are important. Those are just all the leftover keys from when they set up the things for protecting the Sorcerer's Stone. He just like <laughs> gathered them all up and put them on a ring and was like, oh I'm going to keep these. They're cool. Right. Uh, looks like, go ahead. Have as many keys as you want. Hey, you're great. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wanted to know, because Harry's uh, Hogwarts invitation letter, when he gets it, says that they await his return owl. But he didn't get the letter delivered by an owl. It came in the Muggle post. He lives in the Muggle world. He, Where was he supposed to get an owl? And did they just like accidentally send him the wizard version of the Hogwarts letter because they know that his parents were wizards? I've actually, damn it. I really want to use, I really want to use witch as the gender neutral term because we know that which is a gender neutral term that's why it applies to both of us so i'm Mm -hmm. trying to make that switch i'm gonna fuck it up but i'm gonna try um but they so they know that his parents were witches but hopefully they didn't send hermione a hogwarts acceptance letter that said we await your return owl because otherwise how did she respond to Hogwarts. Hermione's parents were like, what the actual fuck? Um, maybe her letter said put it in the mailbox addressed to... But that's even more bewildering if you're like working at the post office and you're like, where the fuck is Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry? What is this joke? His whole letter I just find like super, super baffling because if an actual like muggle-born got that letter, they would be like, what kind of weird prank is this? Right? I mean, I assume that they must kind of like how Hagrid shows up to tell Harry all this stuff. They must have like someone show up and be like, yo, so your child's a witch and they're going to need a bunch of weird witch stuff like a wand and some pewter cauldrons. And also they're going to go to school and like you don't know where it is because no one does school and they'll be fine probably, you know. Yeah, I'm assuming I'm assuming McGonagall must do some of that, right? Oh yeah, because Dumbledore goes to get Riddle that way. 
All right. So they just like had some oversight with <laughs> Harry. We're like, well, he's supposed to know that he is a wizard. And so surely he has access to an owl in little win- whinging. Is yeah. How you say that? Yeah. Oh, man. Ima- imagine this chapter of McGonagall would have showed up and been like, I hate literally all of you. Harry, you're a, wi- you're a witch. Let's let's go. Yeah. That would have <laughs> made a lot more sense. <laughs> I actually have a note that, like, Hagrid is really great, but, like, I feel like this should have been, like, an actual teacher doing this and not... I I agree. He is not, he is not the man for this job. And then... Dudley wouldn't have had a pig's tail. Oh my god. Which is really tragic, actually, you guys. Oh. oh boy, yeah. So when Hagrid is telling Harry about his parents, a couple of things. When he has to tell him Voldemort's name, he says, everyone in our world knows it, and I want to know, given that, like, Ron and Ginny, for instance, were like uh, respectively too young or not born yet when Voldemort was defeated and no one says the name. How do they know what his name is? Is there like a sit down, like the sex talk where they, the parents are like, I'm going to say this name, never repeat it, but you need to know what he who must not be named was actually named i mean i feel like maybe in the weasley's case i feel like either bill maybe had that talk with his younger siblings i mean the other option is is that maybe it actually was a serious talk considering that both of molly's brothers were murdered by voldemort in the first war right i'm so i'm assuming that must have been a like oh by the way both of your uncles were murdered by this dude i won't say his i'm gonna say his name once and ever again and it's just like you know yeah it does seem like it would be relevant to have them know what his name was in case they like ever heard someone say it out in the world yeah like i don't know i feel like my mom had to sit down with me where she explained what the c word was because she was like this is the worst of all swear words you'll probably never hear anyone say it but like in case you do i want you to be prepared and aware of like how bad of a word it is never repeat it so maybe it's like that i have literally never had a kind of conversation with a family member so i'm gonna take your word for it um i learned everything in books because i am literally hermione granger so (laughs) i mean that's not a bad thing to be so, I mean, I'm sure there's probably a variety of ways that children who were born in, like, Harry's generation find find this out. I mean, I'm sure it was a much different conversation, say, that, like, Lucius and Narcissa had with uh, Draco. Different, but kind of similar, right? Whereas they probably always refer to him as, like, the Dark Lord, but they're still not allowed to say his name. So it was probably still a sit down where it was like, yeah. this is what the Dark Lord's real name is you don't get to use that name totally different of like in reverence Mm -hmm. but still like a here is this this powerful word that you never get to say again but you need to know what it is yeah 
Which, I mean, I guess that means that he succeeded in his uh, name change from Tom Marvolo, or however you pronounce his, le- his middle name, to Voldemort, but it's also still kind of cheesy. It's like, my dude. Yeah. Like, you kind of had already a cool name, like... I love that I get he, it. He was like, oh, I know what I should do, an anagram. <laughs> nerdy as shit. It's like, I'm not going to, like, pick it's anything. So like... <laughs> it's so funny. And it's like the reveal of it, which does not even happen in this book. However, the reveal is he's, like, so dramatic about it. I know. And then, like, I feel like it would have been great if Harry just was like, cool. You know, yeah. like, neat anagram, bro. Oh, my God. And it's just funny because it's, like, clearly it's an anagram created by, like, a 13-year-old or 12-year-old. Like, this is so cool. I'm so edgy. Right. But he still continued to anagrams use... anagrams to fear of death. It's so <laughs> sweet. He still used it in adulthood. <laughs> like, oh, man. It's uh, so much. I feel like, I feel like he's a, like... I don't know, sleeveless nine inch nails t shirt away from oh being God. like a mall goth. Like, Voldemort is kind of a mall goth. He is. Oh my God. <laughs> like, think if he had had some live journal, even if he had had live journal, the world could have been spared so much terror. He just would have, like, published his poetry with a black background with red font creepy red font yes and like autoplay you know i don't know pantera music (laughs) when you go to his site and there's like a old school pixely gif of like a dead rose with the petals falling off of it that like goes behind all of his poetry um, he would also have a MySpace page, and his top eight would be the inner circle of Death Eaters, and they would all fight over who is in his top eight. Bellatrix oh would be God. mad about which order in the top eight she would be in. She totally. would clearly be number five. <laughs> Just a spider. Uh, totally, yes. <laughs> He would have like been switching them around constantly just to fuck yes. with all of them. He totally would. Anyway. <laughs> I want to talk about Hagrid getting expelled. Well, actually, I just want to talk about like getting expelled from Hogwarts. The whole like snapping, like they snapped Hagrid's wand. It, I don't get it. Like this is a recurring thing that happens. Hogwarts is not tied to the government. Kids can be homeschooled. Like IRL, if you get expelled from school, you go to a different school or you get homeschooled. That's exactly what should happen if you get expelled from Hogwarts. Like, what right do they have to snap your wand? And and why do they do it? It's not like, okay, he, like, led a monster into the school, but why does that mean he can't ever do magic again? Like, fucking Death Eaters still get to have their wands. Like, Bellatrix Lestrange has her wand. I assume she, like went and found the box that she would have gotten back when she was released from Azkaban, like in people prison where they like give you your box of shit that you had when you came to prison. So like, like you didn't complete your magical education. So you can't have a wand. Like, yeah, that's fucked up. I also, I also kind of wonder if just like in real life, 
you know, Hagrid is an orphan and he's also half giant and no one really to advocate for him if maybe because he had a lack of advocates besides Dumbledore that like there was anyone to be like you know what it wasn't really that bad the monster didn't hurt anyone okay I guess that one girl died but like that's all right we'll just uh, let him keep his wall you know because right you're right it doesn't it doesn't make any sense for like Hogwarts to have the power to like do that in a world where like your wand is like a part of your arm essentially and it's not even Hogwarts, it's the ministry. Like, that's the thing that I think weirds me out the most. Because when Harry gets in trouble in the next book, the letter is from the ministry that says someone is going to come snap your wand. So, but I don't know. Like, kids drop out of school. The Weasleys drop out of school. Why don't they get their wands snapped if not completing your Hogwarts education means that you get your wand snapped? It just, like... And also, why couldn't he just go get another wand i mean i feel like in the next chapter it sounded like i mean ollivander was not about to sell him a new wand because ollivander's like you're not using the parts of your wand right and he's like lol no i'm not it's it's fine everything's fine (laughs) but but there are other wand makers like he could have he could have gone to another place you know another country where they don't know that he was expelled from hogwarts i don't know it just seems like super weird like a really weird thing to do uh, why can't a car crash kill a witch? Hagrid's like, a car crash killed Lily and James Potter as if that's possible. Why? Why would they say that? Yeah, why couldn't they die in a car crash? Car crashes are fucking dangerous. Maybe they're... <laughs> Maybe wizards knowing that cars are literal death traps are like, you know what? We're going to we're going to ward our car. We're going to put some like protective charms on it. Like, I don't know. Maybe you could just apparate out of the car if you had enough time. Like, I don't know. There's got to be something. Yeah, that makes sense. And their cars all can like go between other cars and whatever. Okay. Yeah, because when I read... Hagrid's outrage. I was just like, I don't know. It seems like car crashes can kill like pretty much anything. Like, <laughs> but you're right. They probably would would take preventative measures to not be killed in a car crash. So wait, are you saying that uh, Harry just should have hit Voldemort like a semi truck, and it would have been the end of everyone's problems? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like Harry Potter, the terrible action movie where he just speeds in <laughs> and like does a like three sixty turn and like just smashes. Oh my into god! Um, I, would, I would watch second that. Buffy reference in like two seconds. It'd just be like Willow on top of the bus in season six, yeah. like slamming into Xander's car. Just Harry up there, like black eyes, veiny, just oh slamming god. into Voldemort. <laughs> great Uh, well that's our next fanfic (laughs) yes uh harry potter too fast too furious shut up (laughs) (laughs) oh man um so (laughs) back to back to this chapter i also want to point out that hagrid's description of what happened to Lillian James seems to sort of be the like common knowledge version of events where no one knows why 
Voldemort want to murder the Potters, but he just shows up and like kills his parents, but doesn't kill him. And it's all very like, we don't know what. And it's, I don't know. It's very interesting that like, it's kind of like, oh, it happened. We're not quite sure how, why, but there you go. Yeah, it kind of is in line with this whole thing of me being super fucking upset about them knowing where Harry sleeps. Like, because he gets another letter here where it's like, Harry Potter, the floor, hut on the rock, the sea, which Hmm. great address. But um, I don't like it. I don't like that they know that he's on the floor. Like, I it's so unsettling to me. And I kind of feel like it's because the wizarding world is just like the most big brother that anything has ever been because and and they just i don't know we're watching you know like how else could they possibly know what happened that he Mm. tried to kill harry that his powers broke like any of that it's like someone was watching that's like the wicked witch of the west with her crystal ball just like this is my job at the ministry is just someone in the department of mysteries watching every single wizarding event that's going on, like tuning into the ones that seem relevant. So they're like, Ooh, what happened to the potters? Let me like go back and check the tapes. So there, there's no CP, there's no uh, CPS or ASPCA, but there is which NSA. <laughs> Correct. They have their priorities straight. They those have guys. the most backwards ass priorities. Uh, my only other like front page note for chapter four is the fact that it is so wild that Hagrid just kidnaps Harry. <laughs> like, he just kidnaps a child. That's out of control. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, on as an employee of Hogwarts, kind of, I guess. I don't know. It is it is weird. This only works because the Dursleys don't give a fuck about Harry. But I but yes, but he definitely like takes a child away against the <laughs> explicit orders of that child's legal guardians. Like they might not give a fuck, but they say you can't take him. And Hagrid does it anyway, and that is definitely kidnap, no matter what. Yeah, that's true. Chapter 5. Synopsis. Hagrid takes Harry to Diagon Alley, where he meets other wizards for the first time. He buys his school supplies and a wand. Hagrid buys him an owl. He meets Malfoy for the first time. Is that everything relevant? That covers everything relevant. I can't believe that people who get the newspaper have to wake up and pay an owl at like six o'clock every morning. Why can't you subscribe? Like, if I had to wake up and pay five nuts every freaking morning to get my newspaper, I would never read a newspaper. I want to pay you however much that is a year, one time to get my newspaper every morning and not have an owl like attacking my face for money. (laughs) Because I don't wake up at 6 a.m. I don't even exist at 6 a.m. You just wouldn't get the paper, I think, is what it comes down to. I wouldn't get the paper, but also, that's just, like, a stupid system. (laughs) Five nuts, also, like, you're having to constantly, if you are the one getting the money for the papers, you're just going to the bank with, like, 
sacks and sacks of pennies, <laughs> essentially, just like dumping them on the counter. It's just that's not practical. I mean, it's not practical because it's like if an owl can only carry one paper at a time and only like five nuts at a time, it's like, like, is this owl that's going like back and forth a million times in the morning? I want to know how this like paper distribution works very badly. Like, how does this, you have magic, couldn't you just have it appear at everyone's doorstep and not even bother with owls? They probably could. All right, what you got? Um, what do you think Hagrid is knitting when they're on the subway to Diagon Alley? It's I described know. as a like yellow circus tent, and I am assuming it is a blanket. I think it's a throw for his bed, or maybe for Fang's bed. Yeah, I was gonna say it's maybe it is a blanket for one of the many creatures that he loves. Yeah, it's like a wounded unicorn blanket or something. Oh my God, yes. I have a couple more things. Uh, I would definitely read literally everything on Harry's book list. Um, Also, does Harry ever wear his pointed witch hat, which is on his list? I believe that they are all wearing hats all the time. There's a couple (laughs) times that the hats are mentioned really offhandedly. They are all wearing witch hats. Thank God the movie took that out. That's so silly. (laughs) I feel like in my brain, I was just like, no, they're not wearing hats. No, that's too silly. The books. Can we talk about the books? Yeah, let's talk about the books. So you know how the the names of the authors, some of them are like clearly jokes having to do with what the books are called? Yeah. So I I did some research or whatever. Uh, so the the book on curses is by, and that's one that he sees in the bookstore, not on his list, but vindictus viridian so viridian is a color of green which means like green is a euphemism for jealous so basically this dude's name is jealous vindictive (laughs) and he wrote a book on curses uh the transfiguration book is written by emmerich switch and emmerich means power so this book was written by switching power or by Power Switch, which is a completely different... Way too sexy. <laughs> that was, I was like... Different kind of book. Very, very different book. <laughs> um, Magical Herbs and Fungi is written by Philita Spore. Philita means loving. So her name is like Spore Lover, basically. Uh, potions is Arsenius Jigger. Arsenius means virile, and Jigger is like a measurement of liquid. So I am breaking that one down to basically potent pour. Pour like P-O-U-R. Uh-huh. And then lastly is just Newt Scamander wrote Fantastic Beasts, and that one's just... His name is Newt Salamander. So he likes animals. Great job. Um. So I have... With this chapter, Quirrell touches Harry, which means this is pre-him being possessed by Voldemort. It is. Yeah, he's not wearing the turban yet. He he is wearing the turban, I think. Uh-uh. But he... Uh-uh. He's not. No, you're wrong. No, I just I just <laughs> looked. Um, I am pretty sure that when I just reread it, when I was looking at my notes, he was not. But, like, that just means that the timeline is... And, like, one month between when Harry's birthday is and the start of school, 
he has been somehow possessed by Voldemort. <laughs> and I'm like, like, where were you for that month that, like, you got possessed? Dude. Oh, so I had uh, a couple things. Why do owls count as pets when they have to stay in the owlery? Like, they're not with you in the common room. They're not actually, like, a pet that you get to hang out with. Also, it explicitly says a cat or a a toad or an owl and then in the next chapter ron brings a rat it like doesn't it doesn't make any sense it's so weird like if she knew that she was gonna have a character bring a rat why wouldn't she include rats on the hogwarts list i mean i think it must be a like the only thing i can think of is that no one is checking i guess if you're bringing like a rat or a hamster to Hogwarts. Um, it does seem weird because it feels like you could, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say you could, like, can people bring their dogs? But I guess that would be, like, a bit more. There's, like, 80 kids per house. If 80 kids all brought cats, those common rooms would be a disaster. But... I mean, Harry does say when he goes on the train, there's like just cats everywhere, just walking around, chilling, going in between people's legs when he's on the platform. So like a lot of people must have cats. There must be a lot of cats at Hogwarts. Where do they go? Is there like a cattery? Are there a bajillion kittens everywhere? Because like, are all these cats fixed? It's all... The cats are definitely fixed. <laughs> I will not have I will not entertain the idea that those cats are not fixed. There is like an anti cat breeding spell <laughs> cast over Hogwarts as one of the protective charms. <laughs> so many cats. I'm not having it with like oh. a bunch of pregnant cats running around Hogwarts. Oh no. I, Hogwarts would be like the kind of places that the ASPCA goes and raids and takes all the cats away because it's not humane to have that many cats in a small space. If all these kids are keeping their cats in their their house, like common space with them, that is so many goddamn cats. I mean, it only it only makes sense if the cats are allowed to just kind of like wander around free. I mean, Crookshank was like in the woods and on the doing whatever in the castle he was just doing whatever he pleased so like you would kind of have to give them free reign of the castle or right is there like a secret cat tunnel system like those like cat people who make like steps up on their walls and everything for their cats to do so cats have their own entrances in and out of the gryffindor tower because they definitely don't know the password to get in past the fat lady she just constantly opening and closing so many cats it would just be non-stop you wouldn't even have need a password you just wait for like someone's like tabby cat to be like going to bed and yeah but like more so cats are jerks so the fat lady would be like i'm annoyed that this cat keeps coming in and out and the cat would be like oh are you i'm so sorry i'm gonna need to leave again it would be terrible. Oh, they they definitely be. have to have their own cat system. Yeah. Welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up. 
I want to talk a little bit about Harry's class anxiety, which I feel like in the later books you get a lot more and we'll get a lot more into sort of Ron's like hardcore class anxiety, which I feel like is not unwarranted. Mm -hmm. But there's a moment in chapter five when Harry's like so excited about, you know, the wizarding world and going to Hogwarts and he's like looking at the galleons and the sickles and the nuts and he's just kind of like oh i like don't have any money to do this and i feel like that feeling was so relatable the sort of like being a small like being a child and being like there are things in the world that cost money and i don't have it so i can't do this thing which is of course fucked up considering that the jerseys are very middle class and we don't necessarily get that again from harry just because he in the basically in the next couple chapters just like oh your parents were rich so Mm -hmm. you got a lot of you got a lot of money kid you're like a trust fund kid so you're fine but i just i i still really appreciate there still being that moment before harry finds that out and i think that really also informs kind of how he thinks of his money because then he like you know he is very i think aware and as sensitive as a small child can be to kind of like ron's like chronic lifelong money and class anxiety so coming from such a, a large family where there's just like not a lot of money for things yeah actually and if you don't mind me transitioning into my rant about gringotts the way that the goblins are described is fucked up like it's fucked up it's so fucked up it's just it makes me like when I read it, I just like cringe. I'm just like, why? Why did you? Why did you write them like this? Like, oh my god, why? It's just, ugh. It's such a, such a weird decision to, to just be like, well, non-human bankers. They should clearly be Jews. It's like an unexcusable choice to have made. Yes, it absolutely is. Just full stop you didn't make a mistake you didn't not think about it you didn't not realize what you were doing you made this choice and it was the wrong choice and you owe the world a heartfelt and meaningful fucking apology that comes with an editing of the books that fixes the problem and like you owe an email to every single child that is out there reading these books right now explaining what you did and why it was wrong yeah she gives a fuckload of her money away to charities and i hope she's giving at least 50 percent of it to like charities that are fighting anti-semitism to fix the problems (laughs) that she has wrought oh god i hope so yeah that is just such a such a trash decision on a on a lighter note Gringotts really just need some ATMs. For real? And why Why do they take the customers down there? I would literally never want to do that. It's like a lawsuit waiting to happen. It's like, I get motion sick on elevators. This would make me pass out. I'm just like, no. Like, can, we, can someone just get me my money? And I can just stand here in this cool lobby? Okay, thanks. I mean, I doubt that they're accruing interest... So, like, why not just keep your money in a tin can in your yard, you know? Maybe a lot of people do just keep it, like, in their mattresses. That's what I would do. Like, it's not accruing interest and I have to be on a horrifying cart ride to my <laughs> vault? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk about 
Let's talk about Malfoy, and that can be a lead into what I want to talk about with Madame Malkin. So, okay, what did what do you have for Malfoy stuff? I mean, mainly that whole passage with Harry and Malfoy in Madame Malkin's. It's almost like a textbook case of like a child who grew up in a with parents who are bigoted regurgitating that same like bigoted rhetoric and it's it's bewildering because Malfoy doesn't know Harry he has no idea if he's like a pure blood or like a muggle-born or whatever but he's kind of assumes that Harry believes in the things that he's saying and it's just so it's just Malfoy like like trying to be like his family just like putting on airs even though he has no idea like what the fuck is going on yeah, I wrote down Malfoy as a little baby puppet. Yeah. He's obviously, I mean, you don't go to school till you're 11, so he's been homeschooled. He has only been exposed to his parents and his parents' peers his whole life. So 100% of what he's saying is 100% of what he knows. Like, yeah, one of the first questions he asks Harry is like, your parents are our kind, right? And who knows what what he would have said if Harry had said no, but I'm sure it wouldn't have been pleasant. No. And the thing is that, like, he's raised in that environment. He doesn't know any different. He gets to Hogwarts and he's placed in Slytherin. He at no point is given an opportunity to be better. Like, the Sorting Hat doesn't look at him and be like, you know what? You would really fucking benefit from being in Ravenclaw. Which he would. You're real smart. And if I put you in a house where like other real smart people are going to challenge your beliefs, you could actually turn out to be a great fucking person. And then you could go back to your terrible bigoted family and you could ruin the holidays. Just ruin them with all of your newfangled beliefs about inclusion and like not being a shithead. But instead it's like, yeah, terrible conservative homeschooling terrible conservative hogwarts house death eater like he is on a slide and he can't get off yeah yeah i i feel like even if the sorting hat had gave him a choice he wouldn't he wouldn't have picked ravenclaw like he would have been like oh i need to be in slytherin that's like everyone i know my entire family like this is the proud heritage that i'm trying to like live you know i think the sorting hat could have overruled him though you think yeah, I mean it. It was it wasn't positive about Harry, but some students it's totally sure of. So if it had like taken a peek and been like, "Wow, I could like really make a difference in your life if I placed you in a not Slytherin house," no matter how much Malfoy was like, mm, "Slytherin, Slytherin," the Sorting Hat has agency. It could have been like, "Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you not be terrible. I'm gonna help you break this cycle." Mm, that is true. Anyway. Malfoy could have done better in Ravenclaw. That would have been a really excellent alternative universe of him and of him and Luna being weirdly besties. I don't know. Oh no! She would have been the one, you know, in there every time he says something fucked up, just like pulling the full, uh, you know, the best response to someone saying something really racist and shitty, which is, "What do you mean?" Yeah. Only Luna would have been doing it. With full naivety, like not even being like, I'm just going to challenge this guy till his beliefs are different. But she absolutely would have just not gotten it and would have just been like, 
but what do you mean? Like, yeah. full of earnestness, trying yeah. to get him to explain until he just, like, dug himself into a hole in the floor. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> my heart. I, I know. I would... My my soul to read... Anyway. I mean, I have... Anyway. Yes. <laughs> that was your, like, porn confession. You were like, I mean, I... what. But I mean, I mean not, not even porn confection. I definitely have read fanfic where they are like friends and it's like really lovely. Uh-huh. But mostly under the assumption that like Luna is also a pure blood, so it'd roll in like pure blood circles. Which I don't know if they ever explain in but like kind of in like all the pl- all the pure blood kids know each other because it's like mm. there's like twenty eight families, so who the fuck else do you hang out with kind of deal? I don't um, think she's like a pure blood though. She's a mud blood. She's a half blood, rather. I feel like do they ever explicitly say that her mom is a muggle though? No, but you're a half. It's like the one drop rule. You're a half blood if you can't trace your family tree back to wizards only into infinity. So like, if ever once someone in your family has married, so like Tonks and Lupin's child is still a half-blood, even though Tonks and Lupin are both witches Mm. because Tonks' dad is a muggle. Okay. So, like, their child isn't pure. You know what I mean? Your family tree has to go back with no muggles forever. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying that I'm here for a a Luna-Draco friendship for always. We'll add it to our fanfic for Patreon. It's literally just a full fanfic of, like, Draco saying shitty stuff and Luna being like, but what do you mean? And then her explaining it away by being like, maybe you, like, have an infestation of this weird magical creature making you think this way. Let me help you. It's like a it's like a spray bottle of, like, glitter water she just sprays at him. I don't know. Oh. (laughs) It's like the anti-racist Nargle. Yes. Glitter spray. Oh my god. Don't worry, they can't get you anymore. You're safe now. <laughs> this is 110% what Luna would do, and it'd be so precious. <laughs> oh my god. I This is the warmest I've ever felt during the politics section. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna need that, because you're about to dig deep into bigotry and racism. So. I am. So, Madam Malkin, this is the first but not the last time that we see her servicing a customer who is spewing terrible racist bullshit doing nothing. Like, just nothing. She doesn't... She is the best example of, like, what being complicit looks like presumably she has good politics because she gets very uncomfortable but if you don't speak up in situations like that you are complicit madam malkin's prime example just look to her if you're wondering what it looks like to be a bad ally i i assume that part of the reason for that is the money in which i'm sure pure blood's probably buy more like robes and cloaks and gowns and whatever than like people who are muggle-born or like half-bloods and so i feel like part of that complacency must be like well i have to not scare off the malfoys because i need those dollars but like obviously all of the school kids go to her shop to get it's just like 
that I mean, I feel like that makes it almost worse. I mean, it it is worse because, I mean, maybe she could be like, don't say that shit in my shop. Go somewhere else. Oh, wait, you can't, you know, <laughs> or I, I mean, there's she she did. It doesn't have to be that way, but she's still complicit and it's fucked up because it's like you're dealing with literal children. Like, what the fuck? I mean, no matter what, no matter what, like, I don't think there is a circumstance unless your own physical safety is threatened in which you as a person with privilege in the situation can hear someone performing that behavior, witness someone performing that behavior and not say something and have it be excusable. Like she once she lets Malfoy stand there saying those things she is as bad as he is that silence is what allows Voldemort to take over you know right yeah it just made me think a lot about like where the world is right now like in our world and like I don't know so like Evan who is my partner I think is like a good example to talk about with this because like he is a libra he is really non-confrontational like confrontation is terrifying to him but he is like so because of because he's a builder right because he's a carpenter he is in very very white hyper masculine spaces mm-hmm. most of the time when he's at work and so yeah he has had to figure out ways to like not be complicit on a really really regular basis and it's not something that's natural to him and it's also something that could like cost him jobs right or like right he has you know messed up relationships with like subcontractors because he like calls them out on things but like you have to you know like he's in a position where he's like owns his company and he is white and he is like better at his job than most other folks are and so he has a lot of privilege and even when it's something where he's like gonna burn a bridge like we seriously when he's like going into a situation where he knows it's gonna happen like he asks if we can sit down and practice and like brainstorm ways to disrupt situations like that because that's just like what you have to do and that like her being like oh well I might lose money is the same thing like you still have to do something, you know, like yeah, you too too bad that you might lose money, but like too, that's it, just too bad that you might lose money. You still have to say something. You still have to say like you can't talk that way in my shop. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like a have a sit down with somebody. She could just be like, "Don't talk that way in my shop," you know. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right with that level of complacency is definitely what allowed Voldemort to come back again so quickly is that clear everyone just kind of like keep your head down like don't say anything just go about your day don't care about the giant statue in the ministry of literally crushing muggles like whatevs everything is fine right so yeah so it's it's so it's interesting it's interesting that it happens so early in the book where you see someone being so complicit in the face of this like pure blood bigotry and like clearly uncomfortable but like not doing anything about it right you know and like harry noticing that she's uncomfortable but like not doing anything about it right and he doesn't even know 
really everything that Malfoy is saying yet because he has to get a bunch of vocabulary clarification from Hagrid afterwards. But Harry knows enough to be like, I think this kid's being like really offensive. And here's this like grown ass woman who is just like won't correct an 11 year old about the terrible things he's saying. Like he is still moldable at that point. If a stranger there's no parents there. So if a stranger challenged him on his beliefs or like, you know, told him that he was like being bad at 11, that is going to make such a bigger impact than if she like waits till he's an adult that we see him do the behavior again as an adult and she still doesn't say anything. I will, I will mention here the, uh, the popular meme of my father were here here about this, which, (sighs) and like, this obviously isn't like an excuse, but, I mean, maybe she has a legitimate fear, like, legitimate fear of Lucius Malfoy, actual Death Eater who's still just fucking walking around, spending his money, being involved in politics, not fucking riding away in a cell in Azkaban. So, and and, and I'm not, and, and I'm not excusing that as a reason. Well, I mean, I, if she does fear for her safety, that is, that is an excuse, but I feel like he hasn't given a reason like he hasn't done that kind of harm since Voldemort fell he's very invested in like being really in with the ministry and like giving to high profile charities and like being important he wouldn't risk he would like try to tarnish her reputation but he wouldn't risk like getting in trouble to do something I guess what I really mean is that I agree with you, but as as opposed to being like, yes, I totally agree with you. I have to like bring up points for us to talk about (laughs) because I'm like, yes, she should have said something. What a terrible thing for her to do. I agree with all your points. (laughs) Someone else agrees with my with your points also. (laughs) Rufio says you shouldn't play devil's advocate. Welcome to op-eds, which is what I'm deciding to call editorials this week. I don't know why, because I think op-eds have more of a, like, people associate that more with, like, oh, someone is just, like, ranting about a thing, and for some reason it's getting published. And I feel like that's kind of what this section's for. (laughs) Um, are you ready? Please brace yourself for what I'm about to tell you right now. I am ready. I'm so ready. The Dursleys in this book are our age. Oh my fucking God. Wow. You know, I think for the record, I definitely have met people my age who are like working this hard at like compulsory heterosexuality. (laughs) Like being like hitting all those notes of like, I have a house, I have this job, I have a car. I may or may not have a kid. Wait, if they're our age, she like had that. She had Dudley when she was like 21 or like 22. That's bonkers. Yeah. Well, so she's older. I I figured out she's older than Lily. So she's maybe like 33 or 34. She's definitely like our peer group. They are in our peer group. That is bananas to think about. With yeah, because they 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 seem so much older in the books. Because they just I I don't know. It just seems like they're not like doing. I mean, they have a kid, but then they're not doing like anything like young people stuff. They're like 
staying at home right. watching tv having yeah watching the news which i guess i do a lot i mean i don't watch the news because the news is awful but i do spend a lot of time watching netflix no they do they feel like what we thought of parents as as children but like i don't know they just don't i can't imagine meeting the dursleys right now and being like oh you're probably the same age as me i feel like this is also that like we don't i'm sure there are like conservative people our age who like have a like a house in like the burbs and like like a house and like a kid and Jesse, a I have a house. Job. Stop using house having as like some sort of symbol of being I mean, a terrible normal person. Okay, I'm but you but like okay, as like an adult milestone that people are like aiming toward, you know? I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Is it because I have pit bulls instead of children? <laughs> uh I don't ever eat at Applebee's. I am doing some millennial milestones correctly. <laughs> uh, okay, so all I have to say is that we don't know normative people. Correct, we don't. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what other things normative people have. <laughs> what, do, what do normal people do? We don't know. <laughs> They have walrus mustaches, and they spy on their neighbors. Their women don't go to work, and their men all have beefy necks and sell sell drills, which is just like such a euphemism for like manness. <laughs> but okay, it's actually perfect because it's like he works in construction, but like a white collar construction job. Mm-hmm. So like he's like. I can feel important and manly because I sell drill bits, but I don't do any of the drilling. And <laughs> I don't ever get my hands dirty. I don't know. He plays golf. These are all, you put all these things together and we have, we're getting to the core of what makes them not seem like they're our age. Yeah. But like, still, like he, to, for him to be as high up in his company as he is at like 34 is pretty fucking impressive. That's still, like, really young now. And I guess it wasn't so young in the 90s. Things have really youngened up as the thousands have progressed. Maybe maybe he's a really good salesman. Or maybe it's the kind of industry where just being a, like, a loud white dude means that you're gonna get ahead. That one. Because so. he clearly has, like, no chill and no people skills. <laughs> So he is not a good salesman, I promise. Um, Okay, what was your... Um, And I mean, we touched on this a little bit before, but just sort of like, why why are there, why is there a chained up dragon in Gringotts? And Mm. why does like no one care? And it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, why are owls in cages and they can just be flying around? They can just find people. It's like, why? Like, it's like they have the priorities of like, which animals to contain and which animals should be free. Just totally wrong. And we'll get yeah. to this when we get to the seventh book, but the like chained up dragon in Gringox makes me very sad. I have some stuff about that also. It dragons in particular. So like Harry needs dragon skin gloves 
first school, the woman in in Diagon Alley is complaining about the cost of dragon liver. And then Ollivander uses hair, which is renewable, feathers, which are renewable, and heart strings, which you have to kill an animal for, for his wands. And I, I, like, I, some of my notes are like, are there dragon farms? How many heart strings do you get per dragon? How much liver is there per dragon? How long do dragon heart strings and livers stay good? How many pairs of dragon skin gloves can you make from one dragon? Like, they, I get the impression that dragons aren't super common, but they must be farming them if so much of a dragon is used in stuff like so much of a dragon that like the dragon must be killed to obtain is used in the wizarding world like all the time yeah it just kind of, it really really weirds me out like they you would never kill a unicorn for it's like magical internal properties like probably unicorn steak has like really good healing properties but then like yeah later Hagrid's like slapping a dragon stake on his eye to heal his black eye, which is disgusting. However, I bet a unicorn stake would work even better, but you'd never kill a unicorn. Why is it okay to kill a dragon? Yeah, that is such a weird, unexamined thing to happen in the books. And it's clear, and it's like, and especially, I don't know. Yeah, like maybe. I mean, if they're not farming them, they're clearly maybe like hunting and exporting. I mean, not exporting, importing them, which is still like maybe even more horrifying. Because like, mm-hmm. if dragons are huge, there's probably not that many of them. Because they're trying not to like let muggles know. And also, if you have a like five ton apex predator, I mean, you're not gonna have that many of them. Because like, realistically, how much can like an ecosystem uh, support? So then much eat, like, as much as it weighs, probably. Right. It kind of also gives you a new idea of, like, what Charlie's job is. Like, is he just, like, dragon farming in Romania? I mean, I... God, I hope not. <laughs> Me but, like, too. But no. But it seems like so... I mean, it seemed like some kind of, like, weird dragon care slash dragon husbandry. Because, like, in the fourth book, he's there to, like, you know... Which is actually also fucked up with the whole, like you know, mother dragons in their eggs and the real eggs are there. And it's like, what the fuck, you guys? Like, really? We never see any other magical creature treated the way that they treat dragons. And it is really just baffling to me. And if there are dragon steaks, are they eating dragons? Like, how? Like, we don't eat apex predators. It can't be that good. I (laughs) I mean, I guess they're using the whole animal that's good. But like, goddamn. Yeah. I'm just going to read it to you. It's in all caps, so I want you to imagine it in all caps. It says, Hagrid just puts him on the goddamn train back to Little Whinging. Harry has never been to London before. How fucking far is it? How does he get home? How did the Dursleys get off the island? Why does Hagrid assume they are home? Why does he assume they will take him back in? Why does he assume they will let him bring a fucking owl? Why does he assume they won't throw away all of his shit? Why does he assume they will let him get to the fucking train to Hogwarts? How does he carry all his shit home? This is utter nonsense. Yeah, it's like, uh, it just, it just seemed a little bit more like that, like, 
child neglect to be like, all right, have fun getting home by yourself. Colin just like puts him on a train. How is he getting home? Like, I think the biggest question here, they took the boat. How it's been one day <laughs> they took the boat, assuming that the Dursleys got off that island and back to Little Winging is a big assume. Yeah. It's a really, really big assumption. He might be like schlepping a fucking cauldron and an owl and like 70 pounds of textbooks from God knows where the train station is back to his house in the burbs. He's probably never been to the train station before. They never take him anywhere. And he might get home to like a dark locked house. He's going to sleep on the porch again like an infant waiting for them to get home oh and God. decide whether or not he can come inside because he got kidnapped by a giant that gave their son a pig's <laughs> tail. Like, oh what is happening? <sighs> that that whole timeline and sequence of events does not make any sense. You're right. And he doesn't, he doesn't have any muggle money. He has a pouch full of weird ass coins. He can't even call a cab. They're going to be like, what the fuck is this? weird gold like bro like this isn't gonna no. work I, and I don't know I would like for a second to hear you speculate about what the fuck happened when Harry got home sans giant plus owl <laughs> what what was his reception like with the Dursleys what I think is I'm sure Harry didn't even want to fucking go in that house once they were home he's like are they gonna beat me like what is gonna happen? Also, have this owl in a cage. That's like, like that's a normal thing to have, you know. <sighs> like, just like the awkwardness of it and like the terror like makes me cringe. He's have a house key. He has to like knock on the door and be like, "Can someone fucking? Can let I me? please come in?" Also, I have a wild <laughs> animal in a cage. <laughs> And, like, a bunch of fucking books on witchcraft, which you have explicitly <laughs> banned. And you said that you're not going to let me go to this school. Can I come in? Can I have some fucking dinner? What? It is so upsetting. Also, Harry's tiny and, and malnourished. He cannot carry all this shit with him. Owls are heavy. Pewter is probably Pewter heavy. Pewter is definitely heavy. Do they give him some, like like cloth bags like how is he getting any it's of this like gotta be how? in like his trunk which which he's dragging he, clearly because yes. like he's not carrying it he's teeny he's a teeny baby is. oh man this is such an upsetting turn of offense i just why did Hagrid just leave him at the train station <laughs> This is why a teacher should have gone oh with Harry. They could have apparated there, could have apparated back. McGonagall could have been like, take care of this fucking kid, get him out of a closet. Peace out. Yeah, I mean, someone definitely needed to take this child home. I like, could you imagine you're like taking the train home? There's a child sitting next to you by her, by himself with a fucking owl in a cage. <laughs> Are you going to a circus in 1920? Where are you going? And their trunks also are probably like those like fancy ass wooden steamer trunks. Yeah. Yes. That's the word. Steamer trunks. Yeah. You're like, are you a time traveler? Like what is happening? <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, do you have any other op-eds? No. Okay, okay, my last one is so silly. <laughs> I can't 
wait. I can't wait to hear this. It is just about the incongruity of the size of Hagrid. Mm. Because so he's twice as tall as a normal man and three times as wide. So Hagrid is twelve feet tall, and I don't know six. I don't how wide how wide is a human? I what, I don't know. Who knows? He's twelve feet tall. That's the important yeah. part, anyway. So like he comes in the hut and he's she says he stoops to enter the hut. The average ceiling is eight feet tall. If Hagrid is 12 feet tall. He is not stooping. He is doubled over. I am 5'7", and the ceiling of my upstairs bedroom when I lived in the tiny house was four feet. I was not stooping. I was like, you know, crawling, hunched over (laughs) and like going to my bed as quickly as possible so that I did not have to stay in that position. Yeah. There's like a moment where he like jumps up off the couch and just imagining him like jumping up off of a couch in a room where like the ceiling is barely over half his height is like he must look ridiculous and then he sleeps on the couch which is really weird that he's like Harry's fine on the floor I'm not gonna give him the floor (laughs) like what an ass but he sleeps on the couch Couches are six feet long in on average. Hagrid is 12 feet long. Like your entire upper and lower half would be hanging off. Yeah, there is not any consistency with like how big he is and like how that and how his size would relate to the spaces that he's in. You're totally right. 12 feet tall. How tall is a fucking subway car? Because he goes on the subway with oh, Harry. Oh man, especially, the, especially the, the tube in London. That shit is like... It is not very tall in the middle and is not very wide. Like, holy crap. Those are some tiny ass. Like, they're they're not yeah. as big as, like, subway cars here. They're like, it's fucking tiny, man. It says that Hagrid takes up two seats, and I think that they're incredibly wrong about how many seats a 12-foot tall man takes up on the fucking subway. You would take up four seats, and he'd be just, like, bent over, like, at an angle, because, like, he... Cause, because the ceiling is not 12 feet it's like Uh, seven uh. feet or something and like right so like the couch if i if a couch is six feet tall hagrid sleeping on a six foot long couch is the equivalent of evan sleeping on a three foot wide chair can you pull up that image in your mind because it is (laughs) so fucking silly it's like a it's I don't know. I mean, it's like never his size is never, never the same sort of from like space to space. And maybe this is like unreliable narrator Harry just being like, he's huge, you know, a kid being like definitely twice as tall. But yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I think you're right. Yeah. It's like she describes Hagrid and then realizes that like having to describe Hagrid in a space built for like not giants instead of like oh this is actually too ridiculous but like you can't go back when you're like his shoes were the his boots were the size of baby dolphins like you can't use you can't use that imagery and then be like oh but he can fit in like two subway and two his hands are the size of trash can lids trash can lids are huge they're huge huge that's like (laughs) that is I like 10 of my hand I feel like <laughs> like realistically he shouldn't even fit on Sirius's motorbike 
No, what was Sirius doing with like the maybe someone put an encouragement charm on the bike for Hagrid? They would have to. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Gaily Prophet. You can find our podcast on Instagram at the Gaily Prophet and on Twitter also at the Gaily Prophet. And if you want to email us with your corrections or your spatial knowledge of the London tube trains, <laughs> you can email us at thegailyprophet at gmail.com. If you want to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegailyprophet. We will be uploading hilarious clips that do not make it to this episode. Also, apparently, so much fanfic. So, yeah, send me your recommendations for uh, fan fiction that has Draco and Luna being BFFs. Okay, thanks. Also, fanfic in which Draco and Luna uh, teaches the definition of power switch. <laughs> <laughs> Draco a switch like or just like pure bottom forever I mean he is very clearly as the books progress he is very obviously a bottom he's a power bottom <laughs> he is definitely a pushy bottom but he's still a bottom yeah alright someone else can teach us the definition of power switch <laughs> please please email us with your your definitions Either in Harry Potter or other fictional works. All right. I am Jesse Blount, and you can find me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit or on Instagram where you can view photos of my cats at live from Detroit. And I am Lark Malachi Gray. You can find me on Instagram at Lark Malachi, L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I. Our logo was designed by Theo Julian Forrester, who can be found on Instagram at Theo Julian Forrester. The music in our theme song is called Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod. Thank you for listening to the second episode. We still don't have an outro. How do how do words work? They don't. All right. It's too late. <laughs> words don't work at all. <laughs>